Hey friends, it's Cassidy and I am indeed live. On today's podcast, we're going to catch up on what's going on in Cassidy's little world. I'll tell you all about how I spend $150 on makeup and absolutely suck at applying it. I played Ori and the Blind Forest and I also watched the Game Awards. What did I think of Ori? Which game was robbed? Like we're talking highway fucking robbery by the man they called Jeff Keighley. And 2020 is coming to an end, but Dave Meltzer's 60-year-old abs are not. I'm going to talk about my picks for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards 2020, Match of the Year, Wrestler of the Year, so much more, and more importantly, who do I think is going to win? So chill out, and let's listen to some pedantic trans girl ramble for however long it takes. (laughs) Enjoy the show. Floating Roach. Yeah. I don't think I mentioned that in the trial episode. The, uh, the intro music. It's done by a band called Floating Roach. The punk rock band I used to see when I was a teenager. It's the song I'd Rather. It's a pretty good song. Pretty good band, too. I used to see them all the time. I miss them. I miss that band. But enough of that. It's been two weeks. I did record... A second trial episode, but I just never, I never put the pieces together. It had a review of AEW Dynamite that was absolutely fucking terrible, let me tell you. <laughs> like, absolutely horrible. But I tried. I took some notes, and my notes were terrible. I was, I was half watching it, half focusing on my punctuation for fucking notes. And it's like, oh, why do I even bother? I don't know, maybe one day I'll review Dynamite. I'd like to. You know, that day is not today, (laughs) and evidently it wasn't last week either. But this week, this week, I guess this week I'm just going to talk about last week. (laughs) And I guess I'm recording this on a Thursday night, late Thursday night. What's the time? It is about 10.30. Yeah, so I guess i got two weeks worth to talk about. I don't know, ups downs, all that, my wardrobe, shrinking, expanding, got rid of the rest of my male clothes, I think I have two shirts that, I mean, it's a Beatles shirt, and then there's a a Day to Remember shirt, which are unisex-ish, anyway, they don't fit me in a way I'd like, really nothing fits me in the way I'd like right now, but, (sighs) so many problems in my little life, I guess, fucking sucks, (laughs) life is hard, but you gotta deal with it. I want to be happy. And I am happy. Also cleaned a lot in my room. And I got these big garbage bags in my room that I just haven't taken yet. Because I can't put them in the bin. My friend's going to help me take them to a dumpster. But, you know, it's just a busy time of year. I don't drive, obviously. I don't think I have a will. Panic attacks. You know, it's a stressful task. Whatever. Public transport's fine. I live in an area with decent public transport, and everything else is within walking distance, except, evidently, dumpsters. It's the one problem. It's the one problem. So today, 
I think I'm going to record an intro, but nonetheless, I'll just go over it. I want to talk about Ori and the Blind Forest, because I bought Ori. I bought both Ori games. They came to Nintendo Switch. I'm not going to play them on an Xbox. I'm never going to fucking own an Xbox, so they came to Nintendo Switch. I only played the first one, though. And I'm going to talk about that later when I talk about the Game Awards, because I was playing Ori. I think I played Ori for about three days. The day in the middle was the Game Awards, so they kind of all blend together right now. <laughs> I know the Game Awards was last week, so maybe they don't blend together. I think my time is just kind of askew. This year really has blended together. Uh, I'm going to talk about Wrestling Observer Newsletter later too. The uh, The awards... For the end of the year. God, I need to sit up. The longer I lay down... Have you ever noticed that? You lay down, you lean back, and you sort of just are way less attentive. To, no matter what you're doing, you're just way less attentive. I can't even fucking speak when I lay down like this. And I'm all, there's no use doing that. There's no camera. What am I doing? Well, mm, the biggest thing this week. I spent $150 on makeup. I'm not going to go too long on this, because I don't think a lot of people care. But primarily, I guess the major reason I'm not going to go too long about this is because I'm sure I'm going to have a hell of a lot to say about this in the future. Right now, I think I just want to cover the basis of why I want to wear makeup. Why I, why I feel like I need it. The first, most obviously important point would be the hairs. Ah, uh, facial hair. I have so many issues with shaving, I've just realized, I had my epiphany yesterday, I need those disposable single blade razors, because even two razors just instantly, my skin just flares up, I gotta go slow with a single razor just to get anything resembling a close shave, right now I can't quite get a close shave because my skin's so irritated. I have this one purple spot on my neck. I know I I know how to clear that up. Color corrector. I bought powder color corrector when I needed cream and I just can't get quite the effect I want. Uh, that's one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about shaving. My face literally looks like pizza. Like, it is horrible. I sent a video to my friend just showing her... This is what I'm dealing with, and she's just like, oh my god, you need laser, you need to go get laser therapy soon, and I'm like, I wish, it's so expensive, but I'm starting that next year, so eventually, we're talking like 18 months down the road, fingers crossed, I won't have to deal with shaving at all anymore, just maybe 12 months of, like, redness and residue on my face from the laser, but... It's great, I can finally kill those hair follicles down the road, I can do that, but right now, just, mmm. So, it's been a bit of a bitch to apply makeup because of that. The foundation just doesn't sit right, I can't color correct, I constantly have this weird beard underneath. Especially using concealer, I find if I haven't color corrected, if I haven't hidden the, the shadow... When I add concealer, it just comes right out. <laughs> like, you just... The shadow awakens. It's... Uh, I got this pink... Kind of pink lip gloss, and... It just isn't my color. Maybe if I get better with makeup, I can sort of... 
frame my face in a way where it will work, but it just really, it tends to highlight my jaw. I don't have a very strong jawline, it's stronger, obviously, than the vast majority of women, but it could be stronger, right? It's not very, very defined, but it's just defined enough. Maybe it's just causing me dysphoria, maybe that's what it is, and I'm just way too self-conscious, but... So trying to reduce that. Contour is so hard. <laughs> like, just get a little bit in the wrong spot, just a little uneven, it's a bit darker in one spot, the whole thing's thrown off. It's like, I know exactly what to do to shape it just right. Kind of a... A little bit of a three, kind of, on the side of your face. It's in the it's like sort of a figure of a three. Just to sort of make, you know, my face a little less angular, a little rounder, little... Make it look a little smaller. But I just suck with the brush. <laughs> right, I suck with it. It's so much fun applying it, but I cannot do it. I cannot do it for the fucking life of me. I will get better, hopefully. I can sort of pose in such a way, take a photo, add a filter, and I look pretty-ish, you know, I upload a picture to my, one picture to Facebook, and another one that I liked a bit better to Twitter, I don't know why I did it that way around, I tend to use Facebook a bit more, but, whatever. Then there's eyeshadow, the eyeshadow I got, it's more, it's sort of very light, kind of translucent. There's a pink that's very, very, very bare. I ended up trying pink blush as eyeshadow and it didn't work out as I'd like. I ended up ordering more, along with color corrector, an extra, I think, 30-something dollars. Literally the day after, I ordered online. It should be coming in tomorrow. Some darker eyeshadows. I'm going to experiment with that. I really like um, Anna J from AEW. She's in The Dark Order. She's very pretty. I kind of like her look. She has, you know, just some mascara, really dark eyeshadow, and like a little choker, kind of. I know, it's very typical with trans girl liking chokers. Fuck off. <laughs> but I really like her look, and I really like her makeup, and I just want to try to do it, but it's just, mm, just starting out, so many ideas, don't know what I'm going with, don't even know if I have the right foundation color, right? I did the typical, you know, go a shade darker, and then shade shade lighter for concealer. It's sort of just to do the shades better. It's it's a it's a technique some trans women use, and it's just I suck at makeup. I need someone to help me, and it's just not the time of year for people to be helping you with things, right? They'd want to, but it's just so busy, especially late twenties. Oh my god, fucking everyone's doing everything, and that's you're just at that age where some people are with their family, some people are with their, like, their own family, their children and shit, some, some people have already got plans to be friends, some people are going upstate, interstate, and it's just like, ugh, and no one's got the time, except for me, I've got all the time in the world just to fail, right, it's like, it's, it is trial and error, but it's mainly error, it's just, Oh my god, I wish I was better with makeup. But, I'll get there. I will get there. Now, I want to talk about my insecurities. And why I want to apply them. Really, just the masculine features on my face I hate. The stubble 
I, oh, I had a beard for so many years. Fairly unkempt, real stoner, kind of coarse beard. And I had that because I felt like I needed to project a masculine image. My voice I'm speaking with now, it's a little put on. I'm trying to sound a little more feminine and sucking at it. I'm not good with voice training. I think I need to get professional. I just can't work it out. Um, my natural voice, it's a little softer than it I had been projecting. I always put more of a bellow to my voice and tried to speak more like a radio voice. See, like that. Um, wow, I can't believe I did that. Um, I physically feel my larynx drop. <laughs> um... I, my natural voice is a little softer, and it's been softening up just the more I'm speaking, how I feel. Don't mind me, I just realized I need to put this on charge. Oh, I might cut this out. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna cut it out. Trial and error, just like the makeup. So, I would always project a real masculine image, and now I just feel like I need to cover it up entirely, and I know that's not true. I know that's not what I need to do. Like, I I know what I need to be doing is wearing minimal makeup, just enough, and just enough to feel comfortable to reduce the symptoms, just reduce the dysphoria, and just enough to where I fit in, where I'm not just feeling like I've got caked on just to go to, like, Coles, the supermarkets, and buy food. But at the same time... I feel like I gotta cover up a lot because I'm so recent into this journey, for lack of a better word. I hate using that term, but I'm so I'm so new into this that I just feel like I gotta cover everything up. And I know that that's something that a lot of people themselves do feel, and that is it's comforting to know that I'm not alone in that sense. Now, the process of buying I went with a friend, she shall go unnamed, just because I haven't checked with her if I can't name her. <laughs> She'll be alright, but I'm just not going to. Um, after about a week of, like I said, it's that time of year, half, just can't get things done. We went out, I was dressed way more feminine than I ever have been going out. I had a cardigan on, I had a singlet, that, well, a cami, I guess, striped cami with clearly a bra underneath and jeggings very tight jeggings with certain things tucked in a amateurish but effective safe way and I was very awkward for a little while but I eventually just stopped giving a shit and that's the best thing to do just I don't care anymore and I felt good I was a little self-conscious about my chest. I recently shaved it and I got a bit of an irritation on my chest. I don't usually get it there, but I have been lately. I don't know why. I think it might be the razors. Um, I was a little self-conscious about that because it started to flare up during the day. I sort of walked with my hand over it. But we went out. We bought makeup. We went to a chemist. It's really cheap, good makeup at the chemist. We went there. I was all sort of bunched up there, then eventually we went to a shopping center, and I was just more free about it, I didn't care, and just what felt like a Herculean task that I just couldn't do on my own was so much easier with her, but still 
I don't think I can go on my own at this point still. I got over the hurdle of ordering stuff in the mail. I didn't want to order stuff in the mail that would clearly be, you know, feminine things. But at this point, I don't give a shit, right? Why should I give a shit? So, now I got to get over the hurdle of going to buy makeup on my own. I feel if I get good enough at it where I can wear it myself, where I can leave the house and at least feel like I look feminine, at least I'm projecting that image, it'd be easy for me. Because I don't want to feel like... The big hurdle to me, right, is... I don't want to feel like a trans woman buying, you know, that is my biggest fear is I don't want that to be known to a stranger. I don't know why it is. I think that just may be a real deep insecurity, something I need to work through. And when I can get over it, I can buy makeup alone. I'm going to push myself. I will. And that's all I have to say on makeup for now. I went way longer than I thought I should. Fucking 10 minutes, Jesus Christ. But, I played Ori and the Blind Forest, and I liked it. I loved it up until the end. I'm playing the second game this week, I would think. I do have both. I was going to play one, then the next one straight after, but I needed a break. The game just... There was a particular difficulty spike about two-thirds of the way in that's just like... Okay, what the fuck? Like, it was just got way too unreasonably hard. And I'm like, alright. I managed to beat it and get through the game. I didn't want 100% it. I didn't feel much incentive to really explore. Like, it's a Metroidvania game where you have a warp right at the beginning. And I think it took away so much. The game became so linear. Point A to point B to point C to point D... There were a couple of unused buttons where one, two actions would be controlled by the same button and they would sort of, so you'd hold Z, uh, the Z, sorry, the back right trigger to float in the air, but also to hold onto a wall and climb up. And so you'd have to float upwards in a very narrow sort of passage and you just keep getting stuck on the wall and I'm like, God damn. So there are things I didn't like about the game, but it is still mostly great. Mostly very good. I really did like Ori. And I'm very excited to play the sequel. I hear that the sequel is way better. I have been told sort of conflicting stories about linearity, that it's just as linear, but another one told me that there's more room for actual exploration. And, well, not even more room for more exploration. It's just, you will necessarily have to explore more. So, I did watch a review on the game, and there was one point that I agreed with entirely. Excellent level design in Ori and the Blind Forest. Subpar world design. And I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more with that. But again, I still think the game is mostly great. I think it is pretty as all how it is a fucking beautiful game. And it runs fantastic on the Nintendo Switch. If you don't have an Xbox and you have a Switch, pick it up. If you have an Xbox and you haven't played Ori, I would suggest it if you're into, as I said, it's a Metroidvania 2D platformer. I know those are sort of out of vogue with a certain section of people, so if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, maybe watch your review of it, some gameplay footage. I think it was really good. It's well worth the money. It's about $70 on Switch. I think it's worth that. I think it is well worth fucking $70. You can get it cheaper online, absolutely. You can probably get it 
fairly cheap digital. I'm not going to check what it's like digital, but I got both versions physical, $70 each. And I just think that it's absolutely worth it. And I would assume the sequel is too. I'm going to talk about the sequel next week. But now I'm going to talk about the Game Awards. What an absolute fucking shit show, right? Like, the best music is in the pre-show. That award's in the fucking pre-show, are you kidding me? Best action game, or action adventure game, The Last of Us Part 2. I figured it was a foregone conclusion that Last of Us Part 2 was going to win Game of the Year. Whatever, I don't care, I didn't play it, I don't really... From what I understand, I don't think it should have won. A lot of people, whatever. I didn't play it, I can't voice my opinion, but... Best action-adventure game, no. I, it, it's hardly a fucking action-adventure. I played some of the first one. The second one's the same basic gameplay. It is not a fucking action-adventure. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Best action-adventure. Like, no. But what game do I think got snubbed? Which game do, was my game of the year that wasn't even nominated? It was nominated for one award and didn't even win that. It was nominated for Best Action Game, but didn't win. Streets of Rage 4. Streets of Rage 4, I don't care, was the game of the year. It was better than Animal Crossing. It was better than whatever else came out this year. I'm not Doom Eternal, probably. I did like Doom Eternal. What I played of it, I did like. But it was better than that. Um... Did I say Animal Crossing? Yeah, it's better than Animal Crossing. Uh, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, better than that. Better than every game. Streets of Rage 4 is the best Streets of Rage game since Streets of Rage 2. And Streets of Rage 3 wasn't that bad. But Streets of Rage 4 was fucking great. Like, I put so many hours into it. I played it so much. You could play as Sonya, I think's her name. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know their names. All I know is that I love Streets of Rage 2, and Streets of Rage 4 was so satisfying to play this year. Best game of the year. Fuck you, Jeff Keighley. You know what you did. You know what you did. And the second thing I want to say about the Game Awards, because look, it was a fucking shit show, we all know it. But the second cool thing I want to say about it was Reggie. Just seeing Reggie, right? That's it. I like seeing Reggie. It wasn't as cool because, you know, he... Reggie has a certain stride. He has this strut. The Reggie strut. And we didn't get to see it because he, he like, cut a promo from home off his little, I guess, laptop. And he wasn't mic'd very well. But it was Reggie. And you see, like, my enjoyment of the show, it sort of spiked a little when Sephiroth was confirmed for Smash. Because it's like, well, I don't really give a shit about Smash. I'm not buying DLC characters. I was going to, but I've decided, eh, I don't really give a shit. But that's cool, Sephiroth. Cool, I like Sephiroth. Sephiroth. Yep, I completely butchered his name, but I like. I love Final Fantasy VII. And then it went down, 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 down. Here's my enjoyment down, and it goes back up. And it's right at that peak when there's Reggie. And then it fucking plummets again. There was a little spike when they mentioned Streets of Rage 4 for one of the awards, and then it didn't win, and it went fucking down again. Whatever. So, terrible show. And Streets of Rage 4 should have won. It was fucking robbed, and Jeff Keighley should be ashamed of himself. Absolutely fucking ashamed of himself. Because you know what, Jeff Keighley? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the game of the year, basically. Is what I'm saying. <sighs> I need to eat something. I feel like I'm running out of energy. I was going to take a break before I recorded the next bit about the, uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards for 2020. So, 
what we're going to do, we're going to listen to a song. This song is by Vero the Virus. Vero the Virus is was a very, very small-time hip-hop artist from New Jersey. He passed away a couple of years ago. You may know him as the guy that did Chris Hero's entrance song. Chris is awesome. If you're aware of that, this is the same guy, Vero the Virus. And this is probably my favorite song by Vero the Virus. It's from his 2007 album, Jersey's Finest. Really good album. I think about a 9 out of 10 on my scale. I love it. I think you should go listen to it. Jersey's Finest, 2007. Vero the Virus. This is Almost Famous. And we'll be back with the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. My picks after this song. See ya. Nonsense, I so got this. Right back to the bootload of hot shit. Concocted to make your head bop obnoxious. The most toxic product for gross profit. Cream of the crop, I'm in the cockpit. Listeners or passengers, I've taken hostage. Yeah, it's like 420 for sure, buddy. That fresh shit. Expect nothing less or more from me. Man, I don't even ship shit to stores monthly. Still got a fan base thick as pure honey. Wish I had a little more money They cutting hours at my day job It ain't funny Hunger pains keep me with a sore tummy It's a blessing I ain't dressing more bummy But see I was destined to sketch shit That's more and more funky Until the moment I make it I'm almost famous huh? You can shoot me down But I'll regroup and put it down huh. I try Yeah, can't give it up Gotta keep getting up What? I try Lock the door when I hop through the window Yo Resurrection for fans with a recollection of back when it was interesting. I'm refreshing like a breath of fresh air with a breath mint. And each selection's a testament to my excellent word expression. The coolest to do this, schooling the foolish you. Dudes are amusing, but your tunes need improving. Long as I'm in the game, New Jerusalem isn't losing. Got students boohooing and schmoozing to join my movement. Turn up my music and wake up the few who's losing. My nightmares be ruining their dreamscape illusions. The Archbishop talk boss hog business. I'm an all-star in the spit raw dog vicious. Since back in the days, been known to twist up a blunt rap with some haze and sit back in the days, writing on napkins, open rapping the pace. So I don't have to be a nine to five rat in the maze. And you can shoot me down, but I'll regroup and put it down. Uh, I try. Yeah, I can't give it up. Gotta keep getting up. What? Professional wrestling. Am I right? And also MMA. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards 2020. What are my picks? And who do I think are going to win? Now, I'm not going through all of the awards. I'm just going to go through what is referred to as the Class A Awards. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine awards I'm going to talk about. I do have my own personal awards. The Vanity Awards, I call them, just, you know, jokingly, but, um, I'm not gonna go through them, I don't, if you care, let me know, the three people that have stuck with this, but I'm only gonna go through the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards for today, and we're gonna start with the all-important Wrestler of the Year Award. My pick this year, Mayu Iwatani, great, 
great in-ring year. She had two great matches with the Kumi Aroha. She had one of my favorite matches of the year. I think it may have been my third favorite match of the year. With Jungle Kiona in Nagashima. Absolutely brilliant. She had another fantastic match with Suri. All of these, apart from one of the matches with the Aroha, the first one, were defended... Well, were defended. Were defenses of the World of Stardom Championship. Arguably the most valuable championship in women's wrestling in the entire world. I would make that argument. Which she held basically all year. She began the year already as champion after beating B Priestley in, I believe, October? Maybe November. And she lost it to Itami Hayashishida. Too soon. In... Uh, I think it was early last month. Early November. She held the belt for about 377 days. So that would put us probably October to November for her for her reign. Really big accomplishment. One of the bigger accomplishments of the year. Holding a, a legitimate world title all year. There were a couple of people who did that. Um, something to the effect at least. She was legitimately champion all year. And every last one of her defenses of the title was good, right, was really good, the weakest, I would say, was the January defense against, um, Momo Watanabe, but still, that was such a fucking great match, this year, Mayu Iwatani also quietly became Stardom's biggest financial success ever, the most commercially successful Joshi in almost two decades, it would have been more, in any other year, apart from 2020, the year from hell, Stardom were penciled in for much bigger success, a much, a much bigger mainstream appeal, that big push they have to, uh, what's his name, Takaki Kidani, Kidani-san, Kidani-san, he's an executive from Bougie Road, the company that owned New Japan, and only, I think, two years ago, maybe even, actually it was last year, also purchased Stardom, they, uh, he is often accredited as the man that took New Japan, the failing company, and made it a mainstream success that it is today. Of course, mainstream in Japan. It does have a lot more international success than it did. Stardom, this is his goal for Stardom now. He's trying to do the same thing for Stardom. It was going to be this year. We have the tragedy of 2020, the tragedy of Hanukkah passing. May It is... You can sort of... You know, you can you can say that Mayu Iwatani was probably going to be even more successful this year. But I don't think that that should be a blemish on her record. I don't think it's an indictment against her because she is the wrestler of the year. And my last point for that, of course, is my own personal bias. But who I think is going to win the award, I don't think Mayu Iwatani is going to even be in the top 10 for this award. The winner is going to be John Moxley, I think. I think that... This award is only open to active wrestlers, and I see more active wrestlers this year voting for John Moxley than anybody else. Kenny Omega, I think, might actually have an outside chance. Maybe uh, Naitao, Tatsuya Naitao, maybe Kota Ibushi even, but really, I think John Moxley has it this year. The MMA MVP. I'm saying Justin Gaethje, and I think I think that the base are going to vote for Justin Gaethje as well. I really don't have much to say about it, honestly. It's a really hard year to judge. But among anybody else, I think Gaethje this year. Uh, Khabib, Namagamadov, you can't really... He retired this year, supposedly. You can't say him. You obviously can't say Connor this year. 
I'm going to go with Gaetsu. The most outstanding wrestler, I am going to say Will Ospreay. He did take four months off this year, but he was fucking exceptional for eight months. Match with Hiromu in January, then a month later he had two matches back-to-back with Zack Sabre Jr. One in, I think, Nagata, don't quote me on that, for New Japan, fucking great. And then only about two weeks later, maybe even a week and a half later, in London for Rev Pro, my favorite British independent wrestling match ever. So good. He took his time off, he came back. And oh my god, throughout the New, New Japan's G1 Climax, he was excellent. He had great matches with Kota Ibushi. He had a really good match with Jeff Cobb, Jay White, Shingo Takagi, uh, Minoru Suzuki. I was waiting for that match, and it might have under-delivered just because I hyped it up in my head, but still, Osprey exceptional. And of course, he turned on Okada, and that is just Osprey. Most Outstanding Wrestler of the Year, and I think, I honestly think, that he's going to win this award in the Observer Award as well. If not him, maybe Go Shiozaki, but I think Will Ospreay has this as well. The Most Outstanding Fighter of the Year, of course, for an MMA fighter. This year, there's only really one standout to me. He would be the, probably the other contender for MMA MVP. Of course, I'm giving that to Gaethje. Most Outstanding Fighter, however... Israel Adesanya, like I said, the only particular standout this year, he's been awesome for just two and a half, three years now, he's had a fight in September, and I forget his opponent, but it was such a great performance, I'm pretty sure he won, I think it was his fifth best performance award, um, he's just, Israel Adesanya, yeah, he's he's definitely winning the award. I'm voting for him. I believe that I haven't received my ballot yet, but I do think I do get yeah, I do get to vote on this one. And I will be voting for him. I think that he's gonna be voted you know, Adasanya is just a tremendous fighter, very entertaining. Tag team of the year. First off, I think Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. are probably gonna win this in the Observer poll. Maybe FTR outside chance, but I think it's gonna go to Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the year. My personal pick, however, Adam Page and Kenny Omega, I think that looking back like two, three years time, we're going to say, yeah, it was the Page and Omega run that made the AEW World Tag Team titles. That is really the premier division in AEW. Excuse me for a minute. Just got to clear my throat. I need like lozenge or something. My throat gets so tired. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Page and Omega... Really, they had a spectacular run together. They broke up. Omega has just turned heel. I just think that <clears throat> no tag team compared to them this year. Like I said, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. probably going to win. I think they're a really strong, really strong contender. If you wanted to say them, you're not going to get much argument from me. This really could go one of three ways. Page Omega, Taichi Zack Sabre Jr., FTR. My vote, Page and Omega. I think Taichi Zack Sabre got it, though. Best on interviews. Again, I think that my pick is going to win. It's John Moxley. I suppose you could say Eddie Kingston, maybe. There have been a lot of good talkers this year, right? People, the mic work in pro wrestling is really getting really fucking good this year. I just think that John Moxley, above all of them, right? John Moxley, 
God, he, he had that face-to-face confrontation with Eddie Kingston, where Eddie Kingston, really great acting, really sold it with his eyes, but what Moxley said, his choice of words, his dramatic delivery, he's so authentic. So I think, I am saying John Moxley, I think he's going to win as well. Promotion of the year. First off, definitely AEW's winning this in the Observer poll. Absolutely no way anybody else is. Who I am voting for this year. In my own personal awards, for the last eight years, since 2012, I've given it to New Japan Pro Wrestling. But the streak is broken. This, controversial as hell, I am saying WWE. I am naming them my promotion of the year, and I am voting for them. Any argument that I could possibly make for anybody else is superseded by one point on WWE. This year, they had quarter one, record profits. Then quarter two, beat that, record profits. Quarter three again. And I would think, come early next year, we're going to find out that in quarter four as well. During a pandemic, it doesn't matter how they got there. And yes, I disagree with it. They fired so many people, they furloughed more, really shady business practices, there's, you know, a trail of money we can follow here, leading to the Florida governor's office, but the content is terrible, yes, I agree with all of this, but their finances this year, it's just, they're making more money than they ever have, and it's insane that they're doing that, I have to say the promotion of the year, I feel like voting for anybody else would just be intellectually dishonest at this point. And I I know that sounded pretentious, but that's the only way I can put it. That's the accurate way to put it, right? That's They are literally the promotion of the year, in my opinion. The Pro Wrestling Match of the Year. I am voting for Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks from AEW Revolution on the 29th of February. What a fucking beautiful match thing of absolute fucking beauty the storytelling the payoffs to weeks maybe even months of storytelling just how it all coalesced in the ring the drama just how uh, the the focus on the tag rules as well everything in this match was just so fucking perfect i think maybe maybe this will win I think it's the strongest contender for the voter base to select. The other two major contenders that I see are Kota Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada from Tokyo Dome, and maybe Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Those two matches maybe I think have an outside chance. Ibushi Okada are a bit stronger than Walter Dragunov, but really, Page and Omega versus the Young Bucks I think has a really, really rock solid chance of winning this year. I am, of course, voting for him. One of the best tag team matches I have ever seen. Maybe Midnight's and Fantastics. Oh, definitely Midnight's Fantastics, 88, April. In our Jimmy Crockett, I think probably above it. Maybe one of the Kabashi, Masawa, Kawada, Tawe matches. Maybe one of them, maybe above it. But seriously, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Not just tag matches. And the final award, the MMA Fighter of the Year. Sorry, oh my god, I I had to fuck up the last one, didn't I? Oh my god, Jesus Christ, the MMA Fight of the Year. I'm going Ferguson and Gaethje. 
maybe not a popular opinion, but I think the fight was excellent. The fight that I enjoyed the most this year, Ferguson VGG, I think that was from UFC 249, maybe? I don't know. I think it was UFC 249. But who I think, what I think is going to win is going to be the women's fight that just blew the fucking world away. Zhang versus, I gotta get this, Yedzejcik. I think I got that, Yedzejcik. Polish name, not great with Polish names. I think that might have also been UFC 249. Again, don't quote me on any of these. I probably should have checked beforehand, but fuck it, I didn't. That, I think, is definitely going to win fight of the year. That was bloody as hell. A lot of people were talking about that match. It really was a buzz. Again, my personal favourite, Ferguson Gaethje. So I'm going to vote for my personal favourite. I tend to vote for my personal favourites when it comes to matches of the year and fight of the year. But I think objectively, Zhang Yedzejcik might have probably been a more entertaining fight to a general audience. So I would say that's probably winning. But again, me, Ferguson Gaethje. And that's all nine of them. That's the nine that we are going through. But as an added bonus, I think I will go through... I lost the sheet of paper, so I guess I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I was going to go through my, um... That's it. I missed one. I did miss one. I missed one. There were actually ten Class A awards. I missed one. And that is the best weekly TV show. I knew I was going to miss one. And... I think it's going to go to AEW Dynamite, and my vote's going to go to AEW Dynamite. There you go. All 10 awards. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and that's it for today. Shorter show than it was for the first trial episode. This, of course, isn't the first trial episode. I have decided, in the process of making this, is going to be episode one. Terrible episode one. Thank you for sticking with it. I promise I'll get better. But this wasn't bad. I think I did a much better job this time. The week off between... You know, the week, one week uploading, then do another trial I didn't upload, didn't stitch together up well, didn't finish up. I think that that actually really lit a fire under my ass for this week. So, give me feedback, please. <laughs> the whole like, subscribe thing, I don't even care what you do. Just listen to me, and be good people. That's the most important thing. I'm Cassidy, this is Cassidy is Alive, and I have been great, and so have you. Bye-bye, friends. We're going to catch up on what's going on in Cassidy's little world. I'll tell you all about how I spent $150 on makeup and absolutely sucked dick at applying it. Also, I played dick and the blind... Did I just say dick? I played dick, not I played... Oh. That's why Really, that, that's like nine fucking times. This is like take nine. It's going to get to like take 28.3 or some shit and I'm just... Uh, what a Freudian slip, right? I said I sucked dick and then I played dick, and it's... <laughs> I really do suck dick, don't I? I'm lighting this joint, and then I'm just fucking... Let's try again tomorrow. <laughs>